Rambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Khalil Mack and um, Nick Bosa, only because recently I started loving the forklift, and Nick Bosa does that a lot. He does the forklift, the bull swipe, um, the bull rip, all those type of stuff, and that's sort of what I try to do in my game, throw bys, uh, forklift, um, working on that, getting on the dummy, using those two uh, hand shields that they got, and Khalil Mack just speed the power. Well, that's a lot of red meat football talk right there from Will Anderson, isn't it? I mean, that's just a, that's a big juicy steak right there. Let's go. Let's get into the red meat of this, right? Here's Mel Kuyper 2.0 what he wrote about Will Anderson. Ready? Yeah. He's a dominant and complete edge rusher who might have been the number one pick last April if he'd been eligible for the draft. Anderson doesn't take plays off. Hello! You had me right there. Doesn't take plays off. Is versatile. Plays the run well. Explosive off the line of scrimmage. They used him as a stand-up outside linebacker, as a down defensive end, and even a defensive tackle where he can blow up guards and centers at the snap. And then you look at his production. You look at the accolades. You look at everything he achieved. A two-time SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Two-time All-American. Two-time National Defensive Player of the Year. And what I love, too, and they asked him about how he stays humble, he cited his mom that his mom keeps him grounded that and his five older sisters so he seems to be ready and very well equipped for the nfl yeah i I mean if you're talking about like everything you want to put like if you're boiling up you know a pot of stew right and all the ingredients that you would want in a player that you could take number three overall and go okay we made the absolute right choice you've got the production you've got the awards you've got the championship you've got the body type you've got the skill set you've got the mentality you've got the drive the motor I mean all of this stuff where where like Jalen Carter we've been talking about him all week in addition to having kind of the sketchy situation with the draft racing. You've also got questions about his motor. Does it run hot? Does he really love to work at football? Man, with Will Anderson, and this is, look, I'll be honest, I'm mostly an advocate for moving down if I'm the Arizona Cardinals. I just think there's a lot of benefits to reap from that. The case to stay at number three if Will Anderson is there is undeniable. It's strong. It's hard to ignore. And it's the kind of thing where even me, like a move down guy, would go, but yeah, that's Will Anderson. And think about all the boxes you can check by taking that guy number three. I think of Terrell Suggs. I think of what the Cardinals missed out on with Terrell Suggs. Calvin Pace, Brian Johnson. When they traded down. Mm -hmm. That's what I think of immediately. And if there were major question marks about him, absolutely. But there aren't. I saw one unnamed NFL, uh, it was an NFC personnel executive who said that Will Anderson is much more of a certainty in a slam dunk than any of the quarterbacks in this draft, just in terms of being a player. Last night on the Big Red Rage, I read the quote that Will Anderson told the media where he said, quote, nothing has to motivate me to get ready to play a football game. It's always in me. That's how much I love the game. Wolf got out of his seat. I almost had to shoot him with a tranquilizer dart. Okay. <laughs> Nothing has to motivate me to get ready to play a football game. A wolf almost lost it. So he, I think Wolf wasn't in today because he was running the Cardinals draft card up to the podium. Wolf wasn't in today because his brain exploded yeah. when you read that quote yeah. to him. He already got a front row seat. And the reason we're talking about Will Anderson, he, he did his combine work yesterday. He didn't do everything. He didn't participate in like the vertical jump, the bench press or everything. And, and look, it's, it's, you don't want to get too excited about the underwear Olympics. It's, it's a very limiting, you know, kind of tell when it comes to a player. But even I will 
cop to this idea of watching him run that drill, Will Anderson, where he came out of the shoots and he's doing the thing with the, the things on the ground and he's doing his feet and then his arms and then exploding through and you're looking at it going, my God, he can move. He can fly. His feet work. It's, it's so it's so pristine. It's so perfect. It's so he's it, it, so fluid. It's tempting. I mean, even in the underwear Olympics, it's tempting to look at a guy like that and go, why would you think about anything else other than taking him if you're the cards? So he ran a 4-6 flat. He had a great 10-yard split. They threw up all his measurables and his testing times and results, and there was a tail of the tape split screen with Khalil Mack. Yep. And it was almost identical. Almost identical. <laughs> so, it's like you're looking at it going, right. okay, so you're telling me Khalil Mack for 10 years? I'm going to say no to that? Yeah. I'm I, supposed to not want that? And know? I get it. You can grab like Nolan Smith last night, right? Some, <laughs> a note, and you can grab his numbers and you can put those next to a Tra- Travon Walker. But they don't have the production. They don't have the film. Nope. They don't have those accolades. They don't have the respect of the teammates like a Will Anderson when he was nicknamed the Terminator at Alabama. So when you see the Daniel Jeremiah mock draft recently. Yeah, let's talk about that. That was um, confounding. Uh, so this is February 21st. This is the Move the Sticks podcast with Lance Zierlein and Daniel Jeremiah. And, and I'm admittedly a big Daniel Jeremiah fan. He's actually one of my favorite yep. personalities over at NFL.com. He's really sharp and really good at what he does. He had the Cardinals taking Tyree Wilson at number three. And Lance Zierlein is like, why would you do this? Tyree Wilson. Let's do it. You know, you've got Will Anderson Jr., um, who everyone is putting there, including myself. But the fact is, from a trait standpoint, Will Anderson's got pretty good traits also. But from a trait standpoint and upside standpoint, I think there is a little bit more excitement about Tyree Wilson. Maybe the the floor is a little lower than Will Anderson, but I could totally see this. I could see this happening. And when you look at the Cardinals history now, different general manager there, different head coach. So maybe we don't read into history. But from a trait standpoint, Tyree's got a lot of great traits and he's going to be a really big tester, a really big tester. That was Lance Zierlein. Here's Daniel Jeremiah. Tyree Wilson has a higher pressure percentage. He has the highest pressure percentage in the draft. If you're looking at all the defensive linemen going to the combine, he's at 21.8%. I have to go back and look up Trayvon Walker's. It was way low, maybe 11%, I want to say off the top of my head. But it was a lower percentage there. Then you didn't have the sack production uh, last year with Walker as well. He had nine sacks. Will Anderson had 13. But again, he's got a higher pressure percentage. He's got a higher win percentage. So some of the analytics from the production standpoint actually favor Tyree Wilson, now you're you're bigger, you're longer, you're going to be more explosive, you're going to be a little more scheme versatile, I think, for the things you can do. To me, that's overthinking it oh, oh in a big way. You're also not comparing apples to apples. You're comparing Big 12 production percentage to the SEC. Absolutely not. If Mitchell Palooza was doing his job right now, he would have hit the buzzer already. Okay? Absolutely not. Boy, here's the other thing. I feel like Paul filling in for Gambo. He's harder yeah. on you than Gambo is, and I didn't. Uh, it's because I'm getting fired up right now. I'm taking out my angst right now on Mitchell Palooza when really it's re- it's reserved for this mock draft from Daniel Jeremiah. When you went on NFL.com and you read that mock draft, and then you if you would have clicked on the two players, Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, and read their scouting report, mm-hmm. which was filed, I think, by Chad Reuter. It was a different... Anyway, you look at the weaknesses of each player. The weaknesses on Will Anderson were just 
minor, insignificant. Stuff like his stride length as a rusher isn't quite, you know, and I mean, not everyone can be a Chandler Jones, right? Uh, he's forced into extended confrontations at the point of attack and needs to develop hand counters, like all this trifling stuff. It's like you're searching. You want to hear the weaknesses on the NFL.com mock draft when you go into the Sky Report for Tyree Wilson? And I quote, "Yeah, lacks explosive get off and ability to bend. Do you think those are two big deals for a pass rusher? I think explosive get-off and bend yeah. abilities kind of, yeah, two big boxes to check. Yeah, I would think Next, so. play can be upright and narrow at the point of attack. Okay. Slower to process movement and loses his contain. Allows blockers into his frame. Needs to attack blocks with a little more bitterness. I'm now quoting. So when I read the scouting report... Mm-hmm. Once you look at the actual mock draft, things don't equal anything other than, was this just a flaming hot take to try and get clicks where you put Tyree Wilson ahead of a Will Anderson at number three for the Arizona Cardinals? I hate to say it, but I I wonder if there's some funny business because... The mock draft doesn't equal the scouting report. I, I I hate to say that too, and again, I don't know him. I've never met him. That doesn't strike me as a Daniel Jeremiah thing to do. It really doesn't. Like there are others, I would say yes, that's very much a this guy thing to do, that person thing to do. That, that doesn't strike me as Daniel Jeremiah's kind of modus operandi. You know, I, I think he's, but but I I don't know because that was when I saw it. It was a shock watching Will Anderson. I, I look at this point. I'm having. If if it goes quarterback quarterback and you're the Cardinals and you've got Will Anderson staring you dead right at number three, I, I'm starting to wonder if there's really anything here to think about. Like if there's really I, I, the phone's going to ring, you're going to get calls. Somebody's going to want to come up and get a quarterback. I have no doubt that's going to happen. And yeah, could you move down to four? Maybe still get Will Anderson and pick up that the dream scenario. But you got Will Anderson staring at you at number three, and he's clean and he's motivated and he's hungry and he comes from a good background and he's got all the success in the world what is there not to like what is there not to like if indianapolis is calling you do it obviously because you're still going to get will anderson as long as they're taking the quarterback the only other thing and i'm with you bernsey the only other thing is if you get blown away was serious first round picks to move into number three because someone is so desperate to get their franchise quarterback a la the 49ers were a couple years ago when they gave up three first round picks for trey lance if that deal comes your way and you can move back still in the top 10 top 12 and get like one of those clemson defensive linemen and then yeah, that Brian Brissy, mm-hmm. he really showed well. Mm-hmm. He dealt with some injuries at Clemson. Once upon a time, he was the number one recruit in the nation. And you do that, and then you also you're able to get a first-round cornerback. That, that would be the only other scenario yeah. other than just sticking with Will Anderson. When we come back with uh, Paul Calvisi in for Gambo here on the Burns and Gambo Show, there's a very likely chance that the Suns will play one of these three teams in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Last night, they all played. So what do we think? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Paul Calvisi is in for Gambo today. We're an hour and 17 minutes in the show. I think we've ripped each other. You've probably ripped me about four times. I think I've ripped you about five times. Well, Par for the course. All right. Let's even that up then. Um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just opening the door to even it up. Go ahead. When are we talking LeBron? Because, you know, I was watching ESPN all week getting ready for the show. Uh. <laughs> 
Mitchell Palooza, I'm watching ESPN thinking, okay, I'm getting ready for the show. And, you know, that's what ESPN talks about, 24-7 LeBron. And uh-huh. I come in uh-huh. here, and I got a lot of good stuff on LeBron, and you're not asking me about LeBron. So apparently Cal. I was studying the wrong area, ESPN. Cal, what do you think about LeBron? No, stop it. <laughs> stop it. It is nauseating, isn't it? I mean, why did they force that topic? Does it really get ratings? Does it really generate the click? <sighs> LeBron, come on now. So let's know. talk about other teams that are viable contenders. Well, you know what? But actually, that's my segue. I'll, I'll be honest with you, and it's a good segue because I think there was a time where we could have talked about LeBron in this. Like, like we could have had a conversation of LeBron's healthy, 80s healthy, the Lakers loaded up at the trade deadline. Look out, here they come. That's a team to watch out for at the bottom of the West. Not anymore. No. That was LeBron out for three weeks, not with AD nursing another foot injury again, not with D'Angelo Russell, who's still working on an ankle injury. It, it, it feels appropriate to take the black Sharpie, look at the NBA Western Conference standings, and basically just draw a big, fat, black line through the L.A. Yep. Lakers, right? And probably do the same thing with the New Orleans Pelicans, because Zion, who knows when he's going to be back, kind of draw a big, fat line through them. Now, look, we're we're 19 games, 20 games away from the playoffs. There's a crap ton of things that are going to happen between now and then. But I do think, because all three played last night, that it is legit to really start looking at three teams that you very well might see one of them in the first round of the playoffs. I'm talking about the Golden State Warriors. I'm talking about the Dallas Mavericks. I'm talking about the L.A. Clippers. That seems very likely. And all three of those teams played last night. And all three of those teams, I think, give us a little something to talk about because they're all intriguing in their own right, given everything that they've got going on there. All right, let's start with the defending champs because I have a quote from one of their starters. And I quote, if healthy, no one wants us in the playoffs. I promise you that. That is Clay Thompson. Hmm. That is Clay Thompson. Is he right? Well, is he right? Let me throw this at you. Let me throw. You know, you look like you need a holy cannoli stat. So here we go. Do you realize? Oh, you know what? Hold on, hold on. I look like I need a cannoli. I don't care about the holy. <laughs> and I don't care about the stat. Okay. Did you bring cannolis no, with you? That's you, not I mean, me. No, 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 no. It's the only benefit of you having an right. I in your last name is you're supposed that's to bring right. cannolis with you. Did you're, you bring a cannoli with you or no? I brought the gun and the cannolis. <laughs> you no, t- you, that's you profiling. Left the gun, you Stop took the it. cannoli. You're Where's Tori with the speech about Dave needing to lose the ten pounds? What's going on over here? Do you realize? Since 2015, when Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green start every game of a playoff series, the Warriors are 17 and 0 in those series, including wins last year over the Grizzlies, Mavericks, and Celtics in route to the championship. That is a holy could only stop. No, that is, no, so, that is, and that's and that's why I think the question is a legitimate one. Is okay, Clay Thompson. I like Clay. Um, we saw him, you know, pointing to the rings yeah. when he was getting ejected against the Suns earlier in the season. Yeah. But I, I, Clay's a good story. He's, he's, he's not what he used to be, though. No, he's not what he used to be. But but his comeback and those injuries, sure. I've got a lot of respect for Clay in that regard. I there is way too much pedigree there. There's way too much experience, and there's way too much confidence. In I'll, I'll add Steve Kerr to that mix too. Those three players and Steve Kerr, their ability to get this done this time of year, you can't disrespect that. You can't assume it's not going to be a thing. You, and I don't. What I don't think you can do is look at it. And I know a lot of people are doing this right now. They're saying, "Man, the Warriors. They're basically a 500 basketball team with Steph. They're a 500 basketball team without him. They've been that all year." They're really nothing to fear. I don't buy that for a second. You should be scared to death of the Golden State Warriors because they are the Golden State Warriors. Can I say that the Warriors are the only known and the rest of the contenders in the Western Conference are unknowns? 
because of the turnover in the roster, because of new stars in trying to get the chemistry going. Suns now with KD, still an unknown. They're one game in. How many games in to Dallas? And yeah, they just did a spectacular game, still an unknown. The Clippers... Kawhi and Paul George, I mean, do you really know what you're getting there? Because of load management and injuries, this regular season has been largely meaningless in trying to determine where are we right now going into the postseason. You don't know. And the Nuggets, I know they like to pound their chest and everyone touts the Nuggets, and that's great, but what have they ever done in the postseason? They're still unproven in the playoffs. Now, I'll say this, too, about Golden State. You're not wrong. I'll say this, too, about Golden State. There could also be this alternate universe theory with them, and, and I'll explain here in a minute. The Suns, if you remember, their run to the finals in 2021, okay? Who was their first-round opponent? The Lakers. What were the Lakers coming off of? The Lakers were coming off of a championship in the bubble. They had that same Golden State-like pedigree, like, oh, you don't want to don't want to play them, don't want to see the late, right? There was that, yep. that sense of dread going into that series, and the Suns were down two games to one in that series, and a lot of people think it took AD getting hurt for the Suns to actually win the thing, right? But but I, I, I feel like there's that same sort of fear-slash-respect of the Lakers two years ago that we should have of the Golden Golden State Warriors now, and that turned out okay two years ago. They, uh, they Ultimately, they vanquished the Lakers when it was all said and done. But it's going to take a monumental effort, and I certainly am not going to sit here and say it's going to look easy. The other two teams in this equation, now the Clippers lost to the Warriors last night. If you haven't seen the still shots, if you haven't seen the video of just how far off Draymond Green was playing off of Russell Westbrook in that game last night, it's stunning. It's shocking. It's like... Steve Bono, naked bootlight, like <laughs> Kansas great. City Chiefs, yep. Arizona Cardinals. Like, yep. like, where is everybody? Why is nobody on this guy? I had not seen it till you showed me earlier today, and it's almost like an NFL blown coverage. <laughs> it's like the receiver's just running by himself through the secondary. The safety bit. Right. And the, everyone's over on the left side right. of the field. The wide receiver's all alone right. on the right side of the Wait field. Wait a minute. Who's got the deep third? And, <laughs> and they're just totally ignoring Russell Westbrook. Apparently, the scouting report just said, yeah, don't worry about Russell Westbrook. No defense needed. And then Draymond, doing the Draymond mind game thing, right? Doing the Jedi mind trick thing. Quote, it will make you think for sure because you're open every play and you're taught in basketball. If you're open, take your shot. But if you're open every play, you kind of start questioning yourself. Why am I open every play? So not only is Draymond playing off of Russell Westbrook, he's basically saying, dude, there's a reason why. You can't shoot. You can't shoot. And you know you can't shoot. And I know you can't shoot. So I'm going to play back here, and then I'm going to have a quote to the media afterwards about how you can't shoot. That's why I'm going to play back here. It's like next-level 3D chess at a Draymond trying to get inside of Westbrook's craw, right? It reminds me of the old Mike D'Antoni quote about uh, about Phil Jackson, right? He's playing the mind games. That's (laughs) That's exactly what Draymond Green is doing, and doing it very effectively. Very effectively. I I mean, it really is. And then there's the Mavs, who, of course, the Suns will see on Sunday in an extremely anticipated game. They finally won a game with Luka and Kyrie. It took both of them going for 40-plus for it to happen. So Luka had 42, Kyrie had 40. Apparently, that's how it's going to work there in Dallas. So they took, like... And they scored 80% of, of the points and probably took 80% of the shots. Is that what we're saying? And, and then the big question is, how sustainable is that? Yeah. If that's their model, guess what? They're done. It, guess what? The Suns are the favorite team. Despite what happened last postseason, these are two totally different teams. I'll take the Suns as currently constructed one game into the Kevin Durant era over that iteration of the Mavericks right there. I believe that. 
with everything in me. But that's why I can't wait for Sunday. Because I think Sunday's going to be okay. I think the Suns are a superior matchup to Dallas. With superstar versus superstar, our top two, your top two, all of that stuff. Let's take that out for a test spin on Sunday. Let's see how it handles the corners, right? Let, let's see how that theory works. Because I believe that, but I need to see that before I really am convinced that's the case. See, and, and that's why, you know, there's a lot of pining and lamenting about the loss of Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and, and Jay Crowder. I get it. I get it. But you know what? That iteration of the Suns wasn't going to beat the Mavericks. That version of the Suns before the Kevin Durant trade was no threat in the West, ultimately, to make it to the NBA Finals. That's why they traded for Kevin Durant. Yeah. Texas, your thoughts? The FanDuel text line at 620-620. If you want to be you know, very complimentary of Paul Calvisi, please, Stop. we'd love to hear from you. Okay. On the FanDuel you text gotta line. you got to beg for it. It's terrible. <laughs> but the next thing, you'll be, you'll be offering prizes from the Arizona Sports Prize Vault for anybody who'll say anything nice about we it. we got an Arizona Sports koozie. Yeah, if exactly. somebody texts in something nice about right. Paul Calvisi yeah. Pay at off and incentivize people. <laughs> when we come back, Kevin Durant. Apparently, he's not all that worried about the credit he may or may not get if he wins a championship with the Phoenix Suns. We'll talk about that coming up. Calvisi in for Gambo here on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Game two of the Kevin Durant era tonight. Two and a half hours away. They're in Chicago taking on the Bulls. You'll hear the game here on the flagship home of the Suns, Arizona Sports. And, of course, on Sunday morning at 11, it's the Suns and the Mavs. It's Kyrie versus KD. It's Book versus Luka. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, We're still a ways away from the playoffs, but there's already been a little bit of shade thrown by the inside the NBA crew on TNT towards Kevin Durant and his desire to come. Really? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the the usual kind of, oh, he needs to stay, he needs to win a championship, and he needs to chase rings and all of that stuff. Durant, on his way to the team bus, shows his words very carefully to Yahoo Sports when addressing that. Quote, I don't know how to say it. These guys are but putting an unfair standard on you, he was cut off. And he said, most definitely. Because at this point, they're saying, go play with Scoot Henderson and win a championship, and then we'll give you credit, Durant told Yahoo Sports. I don't need no credit from y'all. No credit from Barkley. No credit from Shaq. Y'all don't ever have to watch me play ever again. Don't talk about me if you don't rock with me. I'm not going to stop doing what I do. Everybody has their opinions, man. It's not going to stop me and how I approach the game. Close quote. So how many teams in the NBA right now have not made trades to stockpile the roster. How many contenders in the NBA really can say that they fall into that category heading and grouping and standard by which the inside the NBA TV crew is judging championships? Because according to them, not every championship, not every title is the same. There's those that are homegrown, and I agree with that to a certain point. The Dirk Nowitzki's of the world, right? Mm -hmm. You win a title with a team you were drafted with. Okay, that does mean the most. Absolutely. But in today's NBA... How often does that happen? How feasible and realistic is that to have that organic championship? Now, Giannis with Milwaukee? Sure. So I guess, you know, in certain cases, all right. But what is Kevin Durant supposed to do? Remember, Kyrie Irving's the one who blowed up the Nets. Yeah. And basically well, I, left him holding the bag in Brooklyn. And that's the. I'm so glad you brought that up 
because you have to think about this. What was the impetus for that team blowing up? It wasn't Durant. It wasn't him wanting out. It was Kyrie wanting out. And exactly. once Kyrie wanted out, KD was kind of looking around like, well, I'm not going to be the last one out the door, turn out the lights, right? Like, get me out of here, too. And so, I look, we've got a promo playing on our station right now. Vince Morata, who you know has been a fan of the Suns basically as long as I have. I don't care if the Suns win a championship with a team that's not a bunch of homegrown guys. It, it that that is like the I don't care. It, 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 that is not a criteria for true actual success. I think the Diamondbacks when they won it in two thousand one, that team was about as unhomegrown as they yeah. got. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, paid Randy Johnson a fortune. Yep. They traded for Kurt Schilling halfway right. through the 2000 yep. season. Gonzo was a trade. There's nothing homegrown about that team. And like, they spent the next 20 years paying deferred salaries. <laughs> That's right. So, but you know what? Does anybody lament that now? No. Absolutely not. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It doesn't, it, no one will remember that 10 years right. from now. And it's not like Kevin Durant with the Golden State Warriors was uh, Pat Bev and rode the coattails. He's a two-time NBA Finals MVP. He was a leader. Yeah. On that team. So I, I don't buy a lot of this. Not to mention, and we all love Charles. And we truly love Barkley. And, and you know, all the way going back to when we covered Barkley. But, Dave, refresh my memory as a Phoenix native, okay? <laughs> Charles Barkley was traded to a pretty talented Suns team. Sure was. And the design there was for him to be the, championship, be the final, final piece. piece. Take him to the t- promised land. You, you remember the famous story, Cotton yep. Fitzsimmons, you know, walking yep. him through the old America yep. West arena and saying, see all these seats? Yep. We've already filled them. <laughs> well, what I what I need you to do, see right there where the banners go? I need you to put a championship banner up there because I don't need you to fill the seats. I got that. We're done. So Charles was Kevin Durant. In 1992. Of course. So, I, I, but that's, but see, that's the, I love that show. It, it really is one of the best, most entertaining things on television. Sports TV, regular TV, it's great. They do a great job. But they do kind of veer off into hypocrisy a little bit because I will never, as long as I live, I will never forget the night that Charles Barkley went on national TV of halftime of the NBA Finals and basically squeezed his way out of Phoenix, right? Basically said, this it's terrible what they've done to this organization. I want out. And what did he do? He went to Houston to join a super team, right? To give it one yes. last shot of winning a championship. It's, it's, it's like, right. okay, Chuck, yep. I, I, I love you on this one, but your history on this is a, it's, a, it's a little muddled, you know, and it's a little hindsighty when you think about it. So I don't get all that bothered by it. All right. So what was said on the morning show? So this is Vince Goodwill. He's writer for Yahoo Sports. He was on Bickley and Murata this morning, and he was the one who got those quotes from Durant on the way to, to the team bus. Durant feels rejuvenated to be on the Suns, he says. There's a sense of feeling a little more rejuvenated, I think, both of body and mind, especially when you consider he's going to be playing with a Devin Booker who's mm-hmm. going to be available. And then you're playing with a guy like Chris Paul who's a table setter. And more importantly, I think a guy like Monty Williams is someone that he trusts. Back from their days of USA Basketball in the one year in Oklahoma City, someone who's not going to put the burden of leading on him Monty saying, look, that's that's not what he has to do. That's what I'm here for. I think it's a lot of those factors that lead to more just him recharging his batteries more so than a relief that the Brooklyn thing is over. Absolutely. Think of the drama that he had to go through. Think of how much was out of his control with Kyrie Irving. Always a matter of time before it's the next media episode that plays out with Kyrie. Just the degree of difficulty to come to a sun squad that appears to be all ball and have that match the KD 
DNA. That's what I didn't know about Kevin Durant. I did not realize he's such a grinder that he's literally the first in, the last out. That he's that guy who sets that tone. And for him to hear him after the game and his TV interview say, "I was nervous, right? That yeah. I want to play hard for my new team. I want to be coachable, almost like he's he's a young guy and instead of the you know the four time scoring champion he is. He, he's coming to be part of the team. How many guys in his position with his resume would come in and say, "I'm the team." Everyone just acquiesced to my needs, and instead, it's the opposite. Yeah, I think, I think for Kevin, and, and I don't want to sit here pretend like I know the guy because I don't. I think a lot of his branding kind of got defined for him when he left Golden State, and, and people when he joined Golden State and when he left Golden State, it was like, wait, you're going to do what? You're, you're, you're going to join them? They won a championship. What are you doing? And you're going to leave them? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? But the Brooklyn stuff, I, yeah, he asked for a trade last summer. Yeah. That didn't go real well, but this latest round, I, I, I think, I don't know. I, I don't care how he's branded. I don't care how he's thought of around the league. I really don't. He's a piece that the Suns have needed. And as far as the credit, and this is kind of in the Barkley context, here's something Goodwill said this morning with Bickley and Murata as well. Any championship that's not with the Golden State Warriors is going to count for a little more. I actually think that's unfair to Kevin Durant because the Warriors don't win those championships, in my opinion, without him. But people think that he joined the 73-win team and made them completely unbeatable when you can make the argument that any team Kevin Durant joined could very well be unbeatable. Agree and disagree with that. If he wins a title, brings the first ever title to the Phoenix Suns, who've been in existence since 68 mm-hmm. and have yet to hoist the trophy, if he gets this town, that chip, then I, I disagree with, with that take right there. I think that does validate him and does go beyond those Golden State Warriors championships if he's able to do it with the Suns as opposed to joining a juggernaut 73-win team. So you think, that part his, of that? you think that becomes his very best championship Absolutely. of his whole resume? Absolutely. Just based on the history of Suns basketball, which historically has been one of the winningest teams in terms of regular season wins and success, but has never in Enjoyed, has never thrown a championship parade in the history of the city and the existence of the franchise for him to do that. Yes, that does vault ahead of what he achieved with the Warriors. Yeah. In my mind, yeah, it's. I, I I think of the comparison I have, and I don't know if it's the right comparison or not. And I understand he's a controversial guy, so I'm not trying to compare Kevin Durant to Kurt Schilling. Okay, but I think about Kurt, and I think about the championship he won with the Diamondbacks in '01. All right, and while for us that's the championship to remember for Kurt Schilling, if you're a baseball fan. And and you live in Topeka, Kansas, if you live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I say to you, World Series champion Kurt Schilling, what are you thinking of? You're thinking of the bloody Sox. Yeah, Red Sox. You're thinking of the Red Sox, right? You're thinking of and, – and that's I, – I, I know locally the Phoenix Suns are this – Always overachieving, but always long-suffering NBA franchise. It's always done really well, but never won a championship. Does the rest of the nation look at the Suns like that? I don't, because I they should. I think the Suns have one of the seven or eight best winning percentages in the history of the NBA, with no championships to show for it. They should be the Boston Red Sox. They should be the Chicago Cubs. Does the rest of the country look at the Suns like that? I don't know the answer to that question. I, I don't think so, though. They, they should, because it, that Warriors team, all those big three were in their prime. And that's not the case with the Suns. You have Devin Booker, top 10 player in the NBA, but then CP3 most definitely not in his prime. And DeAndre Ayton, 
is still inconsistent to yep. be kind. Yeah, no, you're being very kind when you say that. Win lower level tickets to see Kevin Durant's first home game as a son. Text KD to 62620. Enter for your chance to win lower level tickets to see the Suns. Play the Thunder on March 8th plus two Kevin Durant jerseys as well. Text KD to 62620. Paul and I agree. There is, which is a first for us in the hour and 42 minutes we've been together. Don't let that happen again. I know. We've got to stop that right now. So we'll see if we can find something to disagree about. There is one guy who will start a massive trickle-down effect in the NFL's quarterback market. It will trickle all the way down to the Arizona Cardinals. We will explain how next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Darkness. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. By the time you go through, you know, your breakfast and uh, meditation and bath and stuff, you got a good 12, 11, 12 hours to, like, just think in the quiet, just you and your thoughts. And a lot of insecurity and fear came up around what retirement looks like that I hadn't really acknowledged or uh, even thought was there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is absolutely killing those of us who have been trying to shake the NorCal granola tag. He's absolutely killing us right now. Those of us who have any connection to Berkeley, he's absolutely crushing it. I mean, and what what is he doing? When he went on to say in that interview, and I quote, all the answers are right inside me, and I touched many of them on both sides during the darkness. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just so... I asked myself for this show, What's Dave. Word? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think we all agree. I've been pummeling you pretty much every segment. You might have won the uh, first KD segment. But if I would have spent three days in the darkness, uh-huh. what sort of answers would I have had today to all your questions, all your pesky little questions today? I, if I would have come out of the darkness where I could have felt and actually touched the answers before I came on and cracked the microphone, what kind of broadcaster would I be today? I, you should try going into the darkness to see what, what the answers are, right? Come back <laughs> here so. next week and emerge from the darkness. And, and pummel me even more. I, I mean, because you're right. It's been an absolute whooping today, Cal. I'd hate to see how bad you'd whoop my ass later, right? Yeah. Where's hit, the buzzer? Hit, hit the buzzer on Where's the I'll, buzzer? I'll play it right now. I'll play it again. Yeah, one more time. Because it can always get worse, it did. When I figured out where this darkness retreat center is, I used to live there. It's okay. Ashland, Oregon. Oh, really? My first job out of school was uh, I took it sight unseen. Big job, Dave. Market 149, Medford, Oregon, Southern Oregon. Right out of school? That's actually Weekend not bad. sports that's, anchor, KDRV. It's not bad right ABC out of school. ABC affiliate. If you were really cool, you lived in Ashland. And that's where this darkness retreat took place. He went up into the into the woods and the mountains of the Siskiyous. And he's up there for three, four days in this darkness retreat. Once again, just killing anybody who's trying to shake well, the granola tag. I tell you, you know what else he's killing too? Or, and, and I'm, because you and I are longtime friends, longtime colleagues. We've known each other for a long, long time. I'm going to admit something to you right now. All oh right. Be, be ready for this. Mock me all you want. All right. Are we in the trust tree right we're now? The, Will we're Ferrell? totally in the trust okay. tree right now. Right. Every now and then, I'll be honest with you. 
I meditate, all right? I find it to be very relaxing. Nice. Aaron Rodgers is giving this whole meditation thing a real bad name because he's in the darkness and he's he's alone and he's for 12 hours. And it's like, dude, like I like to meditate too, but come on, man. How long do you meditate for? Ditch the pretentiousness. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. You get benefits from that. 10 minutes of meditation. I feel like I get, I get, I don't do it every day, but I feel like I get a little bit of a benefit. But, but you know, this whole pretentious, I go in the darkness and I come out and I touch the answers and the blah, blah, blah. It's like, come on, dude. Well, listen to the call map for 10 minutes every day and then tell me what you come up with. You don't need to do all this stuff. The problem is, okay, this is more than just fodder out there for a bunch of ridicule. He's the absolute linchpin of this quarterback market. No question. Where is he going to play next year? It doesn't seem likely he's going to play in Green Bay. No, doesn't. So is he he playing or not playing? Is he going to the Jets? And if he isn't going to the Jets, so the Jets can be one of those teams that get ultra-aggressive to bust into the top three and maybe even call Monty Austin for it. Is he going to the Raiders, maybe? And if not, are the Raiders at number seven going to be one of those teams making a hard charge into the top three? And then after that, okay, Aaron Rodgers, where are you going? Derek Carr, where are you going? And then the musical chairs, the music stops, and the team's remaining. You can either break out your list of those journeyman free agent quarterbacks, or they can try and dictate their own future by trading to get one of these rookies at the combine. I think this impacts the Cardinals, this trickle-down effect that you're talking about. I'm glad you steered us back on course here. I, I, I think it affects the Cardinals two ways. Number one is the most obvious way that you just brought up. Okay, like whichever teams lose in this, wherever Rodgers goes, wherever Derek Carr goes, wherever does Geno Smith goes somewhere? Does does Lamar Jackson get traded? Franchise tech mm-hmm. deadline is on Tuesday. Does he get moved somewhere? There are rumblings out of Miami that Miami might be looking for a quarterback, that they're not sold on picking up the fifth-year option of Tua Tungavailoa. There's even stuff wow. out there right now that Daniel Jones is on the verge of being the ninth quarterback in NFL history to have a salary that starts with a four. Look out. Okay. Look out. I mean, he had one great year. Yeah. One great year. One great year. And he's about to have a $40 million annual salary. Okay, so the quarterback market is, as usual, nuts. It impacts the Cardinals two ways. One, who's left without one that wants to move into the top three to get one? A lot of teams. And then number two, the Cardinals, depending on what you hear and what you read and what you believe and ultimately, Paul, what you might know, they might be in the market for a quarterback because we don't know how long Kyler's going to be out. We don't know what the situation is with Colt McCoy. There might be a need for a quarterback to bridge the gap until you start to get guys back. And as free agency starts to happen, who is that guy, right? Like, is it is it Baker? Is it Jacoby Brissett? Is it somebody else that you use? A Teddy Bridgewater? Somebody that you would bring in here for weeks one, two, five, six, depending on how long until Kyler's back. Do the Cardinals need to dip into that quarterback market? And how do all the dominoes fall? This is all very important. Important stuff for the Cardinals because there's a lot of different ways this could go for them. By the way, here's my working list of potential free agent quarterbacks for the Arizona Cardinals 2023. You ready? Yes. Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, Sam Darnold, Mike White, Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, Marcus Mariota, Taylor Heineke, Jared Stidham, Carson Wentz, Case Keenum, Chase Daniel. Okay. So you know, there you go. Look, the, do, do any okay, do any of those names intrigue and, you? And do I'm any not, of those names go? Hmm. And maybe? by the way, we're also forgetting about Jimmy G. Jimmy G's out there as a proven 
playoff quarterback in addition to an Aaron Rodgers and a Derek Carr. So, but look, ultimately, where the Cardinals are at number three, because I, I don't think it's realistic that they're going to draft a quarterback. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about them drafting a quarterback. I'm talking about quarterback needy teams trading in, with right. the Cardinals, coming in. The yeah. Cardinals aren't taking a quarterback. And, and if Miami all of a sudden is a team that needs a quarterback of the future, if they're not picking up to his fifth-year option, hey, that's great for the Arizona Cardinals. Get more teams into the bidding. Get more teams with that desperation level. We're nothing without a franchise quarterback. What do we do? Call Monty Austin Fort. Mm-hmm. Have you... Uh, all right, so let's play this game. You ready to play this game? Play a game with me. Uh, Cardinals drafted three. You, you tell me stop when I say a team that doesn't need a quarterback, okay? Indianapolis is drafting at four. Yes. Seattle is drafting at five. Probably. Detroit is drafting at six. Long term. Vegas is drafting at 7. Yes. Atlanta at 8. They'll tell you otherwise, but they do. Carolina at 9. Absolutely. Philadelphia at 10. No. That's where you stop, right? That's where you go, okay, stop. Tennessee at 11. Houston at 12. The Jets at 13. Those are three S's right there. those are all yeses. Keep going, because it goes all the way down to Tampa at 19. New England at 14. Mm. Green Bay at 15. Washington at 16. Absolutely. Pittsburgh at 17. Detroit again at 18. Tampa Bay at 19. That's where it ends. 19 in Tampa. Look at all of that quarterback, needy, rich landscape there for the Cardinals. Do they want to drop all the way to 19? No. But you know, what we're talking about here is supply and demand. Demand is always so crazy high for quarterbacks, and the supply is always so limited. The Cardinals stand to benefit from that at number three. If we could get Monty Austinfort into the trust tree, like you just were, where you shared with us about your um, meditation, okay? Um, I would ask him one question. Yeah. How many people tapped on your shoulder during this week at the Combine? Hey, Monty, keep your phone line open, because we'll be calling you in a little bit. We'll be calling you. At some point, we're going to call you. I want you to think, what would it take for us to come up to number three? Because there's got to be a lot of teams. A lot. A lot of teams. Because not everyone's going to get Aaron Rodgers. And not everyone's yeah. going to get Derek Carr. And not everyone's going to get Jimmy G. I mean, you look at the free agency market. Gino's probably not going anywhere. There are going to be teams that are going to lose. They're going to lose. And when they do, they're going to need a quarterback. They're going to need one. I'm convinced that quarterback is going number one. Quarterback is going number two. I'm not convinced Chicago, obviously, is staying there, although some are speculating they might like Bryce Young enough to go ahead and trade away Justin Fields. The question is, will quarterback go at number three? Because if it does, that means the Cardinals executed a Mondo trade and cashed that in. When we come back, Calvisi in for Gambo here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We're at the turn, halfway home on this Friday afternoon. The 4 o'clock reset is next on the Burns and Gambo Show show.